Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to episode two of the Lights, Camera, Grow podcast. If this is your first time joining us, don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you catch episode one. In episode two of this series, Andrew and I dive into the nuts and bolts of what it takes to make one of these cool marketing videos. We go from pre-production, production, all the way through editorial, and we give you all the details about it. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to the Lights, Camera, Grow podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you catch a podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Lights, Camera, Grow podcast. I'm Jared. I'm here with Andrew again. We are on episode two of this series. Uh, This time, we're going to dive into the nuts and bolts and everything it takes to actually produce the video for your video marketing strategy. Um, So yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right into it, Andrew. Yeah, so for those of you who are just joining us on maybe the second series of of this whole, second episode of this whole series, um, we've decided to take a slightly different format and we're just focusing on everything related to video and growth marketing and sales this time around. So um, I guess we talked a lot about maybe the bigger picture part of like why video is so important. Right. how do you actually make the damn thing now? Yeah. Right. And that's what we're going to talk yep. about today. So I guess if you could like, if you could break it down from like the highest level, how would you break up the pipeline? Like what are the stages of actually making a video? Yeah, that's, um, that's a great question. That's something that I think gets skipped over quite a bit. Um, if you've been around anything that's like TV production or movie production, yep. these steps are very, very similar, uh, if not identical. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's three basic phases. There's pre-production, okay, which is everything that goes into planning the shoot. There's production, which is everything that involves actually completing the shoot. Yep. And then there's post-production, which is editorial, sound, anything that happens to put the thing till final delivery. Yep. So those are like the three major steps that I would say you need to always take. Yep. Um, you can, of course, skip one if you like, but your journey is going to be kind of rough. So what is what to you is the most important step? Um, and I think we, we actually touched on this in the yeah. last, last episode. Pre-production is by far the most important step. Uh, I'll use a sports analogy. All the best teams, their practices are usually better than their game plan. Right. Um, with great practice and great planning on game day, you're ready to go. Right. Right. So pre-production is super important. Um, and this is what you would think of a lot of times is just like scheduling and planning, but it's actually a lot more involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is things like just trying to think about every detail that you're going to face and try to like foolproof yourself as you will, yep. uh, for the production shoot. So I would say pre-production is definitely the most important step. Awesome. So within pre-production, like you've mentioned a few of the different elements mm-hmm. of it, but how do you properly, how do you properly plan pre-production? Like what, what's your step-by-step process? Yeah. To go uh, so I think each project of course is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I think for what we're talking about in the context of video marketing, the number one thing is to always figure out what the objective is of the video. Um, and what are examples of, of objectives? So are we telling a story about a company? Are we mm-hmm. telling a story about a person? Are we shooting to um, market a product or We're a service? Are trying to get a click on a Facebook ad? Are we calling, yeah, exactly. Right? Yep. So if you know the clearer that objective is, the easier the pre-production actually becomes. Okay. Because it weeds out a lot of those questions um, and a lot of the things that may just lead you in the wrong direction. Yep. Um, what so, about... 
looking at the audience and understanding. Like, yeah, absolutely. Audience, yeah. Right? And that, that just comes with great like brand strategy in general uh, and just good marketing strategy in general. Um, looking at the audience, trying to figure out who that specific um, persona is that you really want to gauge your, your production towards. Okay. And so once you've kind of nailed down the audience, the objective of the video, um, where do you, where, where does the planning go from there? The next step would definitely be the messaging, okay. uh, or the storytelling, yep. if you will. Yep. Um, that is, I, I don't know for, I mean, I guess that's the most important part because just because you know who you're selling to or marketing to, or you know, you know, where this video is going to reach to, uh, doesn't mean that you're getting the point across properly. Right. So I think the, you know, making sure that that messaging is really intact is probably the the key to everything. Everything okay. kind of like flows down from that. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's just like anything. If you've ever looked at um, a Hollywood movie, uh, any of the blockbusters that, you know, you like, let's take Jurassic Park for an example, the book was great. Right. The script was great. The movie was great. Right. So, right. I mean, and obviously there's, there's things that do fall apart, but for the most part, like that story is, is intact. So how does the, me- like, I guess my question here is like, how does the, what is, how does the messaging, the objective, all of that stuff, what does it manifest itself into? Like during pre-production, is it a script? Yeah. Is so it, it ends storyboard. Like, well, what it, is it? it's kind of a little bit of both. It okay. ends up ultimately being the script. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't put it down in words on paper, chances are it's not going to work anyway. So script writing, copywriting, things like that, just like they would on a website, are super important. Right. Um, and all that that homework that you've done, figuring out why and when you're telling the story and who for, yep. goes into that script writing and the messaging. Okay. Um, and then from there, it goes into a storyboard because. Once you figure out uh, your script of who's kind of like going to be talking on camera, the feeling, things like location start to come into play. Right. Now that we have this feeling that we're trying to get across, what does that feeling look like? Right. We already know what it sounds like and what the messaging sounds like. Right. How do we make it look? Right. So um, when you talk storyboard, I think some folks, when they hear storyboard out there, they literally think like comic strip storyboarding yeah right. like a proper like you know right. it's like you have an actual artist drawing sure. things out like anim like not animating but sketching yeah. out like yep what that scene will look like who's doing what where are people positioned yep. uh if you don't have the time or the budget to do that yep. how do you which are accomplish the objective yeah and two key points time and budget are always like you're up against those right yep mainly time yep um Budget is always a challenge, but you can get over budget. You know, there's ways to get around budget, uh, but time, you can't get around time. Sure. So um, that's a great question. The storyboard then ends up becoming more of a blocking out. Uh, like you're, you're okay. touching on, and this can be written. This doesn't have to be drawn. Uh, obviously, if you have illustrated, like your typical um, Hollywood type storyboards, um, you know, like in, in major commercials, they still do that. Yep. Uh, and they sometimes even take it a step further with an animatic, which is an animated animated version of the storyboard so you can see things in motion um but let's say you don't have time for that writing things down on paper like hey you know glenn is going to stand camera left in this shot and then we're going to cut and go to uh the side of the street in this shot those um both it can work it can still work it doesn't need to be drawn out or illustrated stick figures work great too so if you're not a great illustrator you can use those and i think even us we kind of take like this 
a similar approach where yeah. you build a shot list, yep. essentially. Right? Yeah, that's the that would be kind of like the next evolution of the storyboard. Yep. Um, we do. I think we take it a little step further. We go um, in either the actual location tech scout. Yep. And we'll take a bunch of photography or videos. Yep. And then we'll put like a preliminary edit together. Yeah. Uh, or just do screenshots of that and make that shot list, like you're saying, and describe yep. kind of like what's going to happen in each shot. Or we'll go into an environment. Say we're going to fly out and we don't have a chance to fly out before and do this. We'll do it somewhere local that's going to be similar and still kind of block out those things. Just so that when we show up on the day of production, we're not running around like trying to figure out where we're going to point the camera. Because you already have enough to think about, right? Like directing talent. Um, is hair and makeup, you know, working? Does this, is the sound good? And a lot of times we're not on the Hollywood budget. So right. it is like a two, three man show right. uh, at the most. So this is the legwork that goes in to saying like, okay, we can't shoot from this angle because at 12 o'clock, the sun is like, yes, right smack in our face. Yeah, exactly. Right? So those yep. are the kind of things that you want to plan or figure out yeah. during pre-production yep. so that when you show up and you've only got a limited amount of time, on, on production yeah. day where you're actually shooting behind the camera that you're not dicking around. Exactly. Like, yeah. Shit, I mean, find a new we place. don't, we don't have the luxury of reshoots most of the time. You know, right. we've got like one day to really get it right. Right. Um, a lot of times it's, it's just that one day. So right. the, I always think of pre-production as like, if I do all these steps, right, it's like having an extra set of hands on set. Right. Because okay. I don't have to think about it or nice. an extra mind on set because nice. I don't have to think about it. I just pull the shot list out of my pocket. I look at it and I'm like, okay, this is exactly what we need to do next. Yep. And I don't have to ask somebody or try to go back in a bunch of weird notes and think about it. So the more organized you can be in the front end of this, yep. you know, obviously uh, the better and smoother it goes. You're still going to have hiccups. There's no way to, you know, avoid these things. You're sure. going to run into problems. Sure. You can't account for the guy who's standing in the background. <laughs> At all times, right? Like yeah. you're not going to be able to account for that. But um, yeah, the more the more you can kind of plan this out, um, things like location. You know, is this going to be inside? Is it going to be outside? Where's the lighting going to be if we're not going to use artificial lighting? You know, if we're going to use natural light, where's that light going to be coming through? Yep. Are there weird shadows? You know, all these kind of things that you would never, you can think about while you're there, but they're really hard to tackle in the moment if you haven't at least thought about planning for them. Sure. So on the, like, let's move on to production. Like, let's say you did a a bang up job during pre-production. You've built the storyboard. You've got your shot list. You've got everything. You got your location. You've got someone coordinating all that stuff for you. Um, So talk about production. What happens during production? Okay. So production is is the day of the shoot. Yep. Because I think Um, a lot of people think production is like, the whole Everything. thing. Sure. Right? Sure. But production is actually a very specific part of the whole thing. Yeah. Right? Um, so for production itself, um, it's the day of the shoot. It's, we're going to go, we go early. We're going to set up our lighting if we need to. We're going to mm-hmm. have hair and makeup ready to go with our talent. Yep. Make sure, you know, we test equipment, make sure bikes, lenses, cameras are all working. Um, always have a backup plan. Yep. Um, always run two things of audio because you never know when the mic's going to cut out. Yeah. And actually, Jared's mentioned hair and makeup. Uh, a couple of times throughout this, uh, throughout our recording here. And there's a reason for that because you're actually, it's one of those things that you'll probably get like the highest ROI on. Yeah. Right. Because there's so many times where if you knew my shirt's wrinkled here or my hair got a place there that it just throws the whole shot off. And if someone was there just completely focused on making sure that wardrobe is right, hair and makeup is right. 
Because there's nobody there that's going to be on set that's going to be paying. Yeah, I mean, if you're working in the production, um, and again, if you're in a small team like we are, you know, like usually I'm behind the camera and I'm trying to direct the talent. And then Oz is usually helping me with the other camera and he's helping me direct the background talent or whatnot. Um, Or we're both checking lighting and we're checking the color balance of of making sure that our cameras are aligned, things like that. Stuff that you take for granted on a huge film production because there's one person for each one of these jobs that uh, you kind of just get folded up and you know, you have to wear multiple hats. So it's like a two or three hundred dollar a day expense. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Like yep. save you a bunch of headache yep. and heartache. Like and later. on top of that, it's great. Look, it makes the client feel good. Sure. You know, who doesn't want to get dulled up and you know, yep. like and look your best before you go in front of the camera. Yep. So um, that's you know, that's definitely uh, definitely a key point that you know it can get overlooked very easily and get cut out of the budget pretty quickly. Yep. So moving on to the sort of Final part of this, you, yep. you, you're you on set, you shoot everyone stressed out, they're running around, the chickens with their heads cut off, yep. but you get all the shots you need, you're done for the day or the two days or however many days you're shooting. Um, what happens after production? So first thing I do is back up all the media. I'm yep. super like scared and always anal about, we got to make sure we have three copies of everything because, yep. um, I mean, we've all heard that horror story. Like I lost you know, this file or my dog ate the homework, right? That's like yep. this, this, uh, 2019's version of that. Yep. Um, and the worst thing, again, like I said, we don't have a lot of time to go back. And most of the time we don't have reshoots yep. with clients. They don't have the budget or the time. Um, and it's a lot of effort for people that don't necessarily want to be on camera. Yeah. And most of get... the times these people aren't getting paid to be on camera. Yeah, either. exactly. exactly. <laughs> right. but, it's and like... they don't want to come back to do it because it's hard yeah. enough for them to do it the first time normally. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, and, and then... that's something we didn't touch on. And I think I'll, I'll touch on that in a second is just like dealing with like the talent, talent right. Yeah. Which is really, really difficult. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the first thing we do is back up the, back up all the footage. Uh, and then from there it just goes into our streamlined editing process. Um, we'll transcode all of the media, which means basically just make it editable, um, you know, like slicing clips, down resing things if we shoot in 4k or higher, um, because it it gets pretty heavy on the computer side. Um, and then we just start editing and we, you know, we, we do everything in Adobe, um, in the Adobe suite. So our graphics package is always after effects with Photoshop or illustrator. And then we use, um, Adobe premiere to do all the editing and we do all our coloring inside of DaVinci resolve, which is a coloring suite separate. You don't have to use that. It's just what I prefer. Um, and what our, our pipeline works for. So let me ask you something. Um, so most of the folks who are probably listening out there, they don't have an in-house team to edit right. and color and, you know, yep. finish the rest of the video, mm-hmm. right? So Hire us. <laughs> yeah. So what, so let's say, I think a lot of folks will probably outsource sure. work to a team, right? Um, how do you think about outsourcing work? If let's say you are uh, the marketing manager of a brand. Right. And you're like, I need a video, but there's no way I can do pre-production, production, sure. post. Or maybe I can do, I can handle the pre-production part, but I hire a team to do production and post. Right. How do you see that team working together? And how would you recommend that team work together, right? Because, and I guess what I'm trying to get at is that, does the editor need to talk sure. to the guy on production yeah. who's on set? Like, how does that whole yeah. dynamic um, sort of work? That is a, that's a great question. And it's can be a black hole if you're not in the right, okay. you know, if you're not in the right mindset or um, in thought process of it, because it can be really scary. You've just spent all this money shooting this and you're just handing it off to somebody that may not be there or just, just 
building that team in general can be yeah, really scary. Yeah, right. Because right? the because the I guess what I'm maybe what I'm trying to get at is that um, a lot of people are going to try and do it cheap, which sure. means they're going to try right. and cut some corners. Yep. And say, okay, like I don't want the editor to be involved during pre-production right. or the uh, whoever's going to be on set and you know the direct right. you know whoever's on set going to be directing everything. It's not there during pre-production. Right. Maybe I'm going to cut some hours out there. Right. But why? Why might that be a bad idea? So I think that if you're if you're going to handle pre-production inside, um, let's say you're not outsourcing that. Yeah. And I think at minimum you need to at least have the people that are going to be there during the production. Yeah. You know, whoever's going to be shooting the, the video, yep. audio, um, audio can be that can be left to the side. It's not necessary, but it's nice to have them. Yep. But just to have the pieces that are going to be there on set yep. in that meeting ahead of time yep. so that they know any curveballs that are coming ahead. And tell, tell the audience, like, what's the name of that person who leads everything on set? It's the the DP. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah that's a great. So yeah. normally on a film set, that's the uh, the AD, which is yeah. the assistant director. Yeah. Right. So you have your director who's pointing talent out yeah. and, you know, actually working with the talent, calling the shots, um, who's kind of in charge of the entire production. Yeah. Um, and then the AD, which is the assistant director, is usually in charge of yeah. kind of going back and forth between the director and the client. Um, but again, that's usually one person. That's usually the same guy who's shooting yep. the video, you know, yep. uh, especially in a lot of these smaller productions. So make sure that AD is included yes. during pre-production, totally, yeah, right? Because yep. it's going to make, it's going to save you yeah. money down the road. Which right? in terms of most people, this is going to be your videographer yeah. is what people call it. Right. Um, but make sure your videographer is there when you're planning it out. Yep. Um, maybe they have some thoughts about, you know, especially if they're local and they understand the area. Yep. Maybe they have some thoughts about the location that yep. you're shooting at, you know, why you should or shouldn't use that, that yep. place. So even though like if you're out there and you're thinking about hiring and outsourcing a team to create a video, there's like three very distinct parts of the pipeline. Yep. But uh, someone who works in the pipeline later in the pipeline probably needs to be involved earlier in the pipeline. Yeah, it'll make absolutely. their job easier. I wouldn't right? say you have to necessarily have editorial involved. Sure, I mean, if right. you can afford it, you know yeah. that's great. But it's not necessary to have that involved. Right. Um, if you've done your job in step one and step two, then step three should be pretty easy. Sure. Sure. It should be straightforward at least. Um, let's talk maybe a little bit about like you've created this video. Yep. Right. Um, What's when you're go, when you're in the editorial process, you're an edit, right? Do you typically go in there saying, "I want a two minute edit out of this thing. I want a five minute edit." Like how? Like do you sure. know that already going into the edit, or do you kind of like look at what you got? And yeah, figure it uh, out. I, okay, so this this is a great question. Um, I usually go into it pretty open minded. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to nail myself to it unless we have restrictions, right? Yeah. So if it's uh, if obviously if it's a television commercial, you're 15, 30, 45, 60. That's all you get. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So that's what you're paying. For. Yeah. But most of the video we're talking about goes online. Yeah. So we're not restricted by that boundary. Yeah. Um, I usually go into it open-minded um, because I like to see how the story unfolds, and sometimes there's things in there that you either really need or you really don't need. Yeah. Um, yeah. I usually have a rough estimate in my head, like, okay, I was there on set and I'm shooting. I can feel that this probably shouldn't be longer than two and a half minutes, okay. three minutes, et cetera. But uh, as I'm going through edit, things are moving faster than I remember or things are moving right. slower than I remember. And that really, you know, starts to make the pace of the video go faster okay. or slower. Um, so pacing in the edits becomes key because that's really what's dictating the the outcome of the entire thing. Yep. Um, and then it depends on your client as well. There's certain things that they may want or not want in, in the edit. Yep. But I would say 
what really drives that is where is this thing going to live? Right. So if you're like, hey, this is going to be a YouTube pre-roll ad. Right. Well, great. We have six or seven minutes. We could actually go to 10 minutes if it's really good, right? Yeah, totally. Um, yep. But just keep in mind, everybody's attention span is really limited these days. Yep. The shorter and faster you can get your message in front of them and that point driven, yep. the better ROI you're going to get on the end of the video, uh, which is the objective, right? right? And that goes all the way back up to the front of the pre-production. Why are we doing this video? Yeah, sure. Right? So that's interesting. Um, yeah, which it makes sense because... What you get in production is what you're yeah. going to be able to work with yeah. in the edit. Right? Yeah, I mean, so. there's, I mean, there's been times where we're like, shit, we're short. Yeah, like, we're, yeah, yeah. Th- this thing, you know, I needed to at least go be a minute. I gotta, or, right, you got to yeah. go hit some pickup shots, or you yeah. got to make some B-roll. So, I mean, for yeah. one client, we had to go shoot a bunch of yep. uh, stock footage style B-roll for it to add into the back end of it, just to make the yeah. story work better. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, and a lot of times we don't charge for that because yep. we want the product to be good. So we'll just go out in the backyard and, and shoot whatever extra shots we need. Yep. You know, to, to really make the story work, and that's that's yeah. important too, right? It's yeah, a story, and I think so. that's actually a really good point that. Um, as much as you do your pre-production and your planning, you're still really yeah. riffing on the day sure. of yeah. the production. Yeah, it's still art. It's still very like, you know, kind of fly by the seat of your pants thing. Yep. Although totally. we try to control what we can control around yeah. that. Obviously. Luckily, again, pre-production. The, the there's good and bad of the small production unit. The good is like, we can always... Uh, we can afford to take more shots. Yep. We can afford to stay longer on set. Yep. We can afford to go pick up B-roll, right? Because it's not costing hundreds of thousands to, to go over. Yeah. When you're on a big production, every minute is is burning yeah, yeah. money. So, right, you right, know, right. there's there's pros and cons, but we don't have all the extra hands. Somebody's P&L is getting hit. Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, one right. thing I did want to touch on before we go too far into the next uh, yeah. topic is I just wanted to go back to the talent, the talent uh, sure. aspect. Um, because I think that's, it can be overlooked and it can be really scary. And times. it's the biggest wild card. It is the biggest, <laughs> yeah, it's totally, it's like, you can't control it. Yeah. Right? Unless talent you're hiring, weather, right? <laughs> sure. Unless you're hiring talent yeah. and you know, you're hiring like actors and actresses. Even if you're hiring talent. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I mean, but if you're hiring, chances are they're probably experienced and they're better off in front of camera. Yeah. But a lot of times our clients, the people who are running the businesses that we're working with are the people yeah. in front of the camera. So yeah. to make yourself approachable and make sure that the way you're getting what you want to get out of them across, you have to be really, you have to have build some rapport with them. Yeah. I think it's, uh, so the, the word I always use are are these soft skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You gotta have like, you gotta be able to get them to like feel comfortable when they're uncomfortable. Right. Exactly. That's that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Because if I, if I want to David Fincher the shot and get to take 99, I want to make sure they don't want to rip my head off. Right. 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 Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's a communication skill. And, uh, I, I think it's just something that, you know, doesn't, it doesn't get too much credit in, in our industry, obviously yeah. in film direction, it's completely different, but yep. in what we do, a lot of times it gets overlooked because people are like, oh, I'm just going to put the camera on you and it's going to be magic. Yeah. And it's not, you know, a lot of times it's not. Definitely. So. There's, there's no such thing as movie magic. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is a lot yeah. of hard work. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, maybe we can wrap on this con on this last piece, which is no pun intended. The film, the film wrap. <laughs> um, we just made this cool fucking video. Yep. Now what do we do with it? Yeah, great right? question. So we made it. We got to publish it. We got to get eyeballs on it. Um, give our like listeners some ideas around yeah. like where they can put it out so, and what they should use it for. Right? First thing I would say is going back to pre-production. Again, this is that important step, right? 
Um, I would imagine that as you're building the strategy for this video, you've already started to think about where this needs to live. Yep. Um, and a lot of times it is because you're like, okay, we're going to do this one minute Facebook ad video or this Instagram ad video or stories or whatever. Um, so that should already be taken account. But if you're doing a more general type video, like an about us video that may live on multi-platforms, yep. um, there's all kinds of different places that you can, you can put this thing. Yep. Um, free obviously is always a great way to go. If you have Vimeo and YouTube, yep. um, you can just create an account and upload it there and share it as you want. Sure. But if you want to get more, um, more metrics, I guess you would just, for lack of a better word, yep. and on what's actually happening to the video, services like Vidyard and Wistia are great. Uh, sure. We personally use Wistia in our, yep. in our agency, um, but Vidyard, I think, actually has the same metric counting ability. Yep. Yep. But these give you like crazy met metrics. So you're not just getting total plays. You're actually getting down to the minute um, engagement. Yep. Like how, how people are, how long are people staying on this video at this particular point? How many times have they come back to play this video at this yep. particular point? And the great thing from a marketing standpoint is all that is um, data that can be passed through an API. Yep. And what that means if you're, if you use a marketing automation software is that you can trigger automations based on the data has been gathered from the video. Totally. Yep. So you for an example of an automation could be if this person watched 80% or more of a particular like product video, yep. for example, um, you know, send an email to the sales rep to let them know that they've watched this video more than 80%. Right. Which is awesome context for the salesperson to say, holy crap, this person just watched, you know, three out of three and a half minutes of our like product overview yep. video, they probably or might be a little bit interested. Maybe I should send them an email to right. see if they like a demo or something yep. like that, right? Yep. So that contextual information on the video now can now be passed to your sales team, which is a really powerful thing uh, if you only want your sales team focused on people who are showing intent. Yeah, exactly, right? yeah. I think another thing, um, let's just say you take that same data, the mm -hmm. 80%, uh, and now you give that to your creative team and yep. you're like, hey, at three minutes and 15 seconds, this is where we're getting the hotspot of the traffic, right? right, right so now you right. can figure out what's yep. actually being said in that part of the video. Yeah, and you're sure, like, hey, yeah. look, the messaging is working really well. Smart. Let's yeah. create more content around this particular spot of the video. Yeah, so that's like a data-driven creative yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. right? So it gives, yeah. you, it gives you more an idea of you know, what's actually capturing attention. Yep, for sure. So I think that, yeah, the, I mean, the, the data is great to have. Obviously, these platforms aren't cheap. They're pretty yep. expensive. Yeah. Um, like examples like Wistia is $99 a month. Yeah, to start up. Versus yeah. a $9.99 a month on Vimeo for yeah. a premium Vimeo yeah. account. Vimeo will give you some of those metrics on that premium yep. account, but uh, but you don't get you don't get the, the API connections yeah. and some of the sweeter stuff that you get inside. I would say that if you're going to invest in video marketing, um, buy a video hosting platform totally. that's gonna support your video marketing efforts. And those are things like Vidyard or Wistia, yeah. which allow that data to be passed through to Pardot or HubSpot or whatever marketing automation platforms yep. or your CRM that you need. So, um, yeah, pro tip, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth, it's definitely worth the buy if cool. you're, you're going to invest in, in video that heavily. Yep. And I guess just to kind of wrap it up on, on the final note, um, we love making cool videos. Right? Yep. Um, but I'll caveat that saying 
we don't make cool videos to make cool videos. Yeah. We make cool videos with intent. Yep. Um, and they have a reason behind them, you know? And yep. you can always make, anybody can make a cool video, but to make a cool video and actually uh, yeah, give it some life. So we uh, we always, when we say intent, like what is the marketing or sales goal right. that we're trying to achieve yeah. with this video? Yep. Um, there's investment that goes on into it. And um, as a marketer and as a marketing agency owners, uh, we love the fact that Wistia and Vidyard have these tools because now we can start to prove ROI on yeah. creative content, yep. which was not so which was not very easy to do before. Right? Maybe if you were able to run pre-roll ads against your video content, you know, you're able to monetize right. that. But that's what not a lot of these companies are doing. They're they're doing it to generate leads and yeah. eventually customers, yep. right? So more attention, awareness, exactly. Yeah. So uh, there's a ton of tools out there that are available in 2019 for anyone that really wants to step up their video game. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, you know, we've got the resident expert right here. Yep. So just reach out. You can right hit on. us up. Um, cool. Well, I guess that that'll do it for this episode. Yep. We'll be on the next episode where we're going to tell you now that you've made a video. What next? Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned. Cool. All right, guys. As always, don't forget, we will put everything in the show notes. You can follow us on social at Run With Toby. And thanks for tuning in.